Well, good morning. It is Friday, Friday, if you care. I mean, you know, most of us work, us uh, poor folks work on the weekend, so Friday doesn't matter. But anyway, Friday, April 28, 2023. Friday, April 28, 2023. Slava Ukraine, Heroium Slava. Uh, PVTV, Political Views TV Podcast. That's what you Google to find me. Uh, tell your friends to uh, Google Political Views TV Podcast, and I'll show up right at the top of the search. And can I just say, I, if you don't mind me saying, boy, do I appreciate you coming every day. It's really nice of you. Uh, it's it's nice that people uh, value uh, what I say. And uh, that makes me feel great. I appreciate you. Thank you. Uh, if you can, please bring someone with you today or this weekend. Uh, tweet to me questions or insights or come fight with me at Cyberclops, C-Y-B-E-R-C-L-O-P-S. Um... And by the way, since it is Friday, don't forget to look for that Friday flaming bag of crap left on your doorstep. Don't step in it. I, that's when uh, politicians throw some something out there uh, Friday afternoon, Friday evening, maybe Saturday morning, in the hopes that it'll disappear in the 24-hour news cycle and they won't have to deal with it. But hopefully, well, who knows? We'll see. We'll see. We'll see what Trump says. We'll see what Pence says. Uh, let's start, as we usually do, with the uh, Ukraine-Russia uh, war. Uh, Russian Colonel General, uh, Colonel General Mikhail uh, Mizintsev, uh, known as the Butcher of Mariupol, has been removed as Deputy Defense Minister, according to a military blogger. Uh, the RBC and Russian war blogger Alexander Sladkov reported his departure, but neither offered an explanation for why he had apparently been removed. Um, and you know what it seems to me, if he's the butcher of uh, um, Mariupol, they're, they're probably busy giving him a medal. The United Nations Committee has uh, raised the alarm over alleged Russian rights violations, including enforced disappearances, torture, rape, and extrajudicial executions. Uh, the UN Committee on the Elimination of Racial Discrimination said in a statement, the committee was deeply concerned about the grave human rights violation committed during the ongoing armed conflict by the Russian Federation's military forces and private military companies. The committee listed abuses, including the, ex, uh, uh, including the excessive use of force, arbitrary uh, detentions, killing, uh, killings, and forcible transfer of children from Ukraine to Russia, which is really, I mean, that's the first, that's the worst one, uh, which is basically ethnic cleansing, getting rid of their future so they will not have a future by taking away their children. That's so horrible. So horrible. Can you imagine the parents parents and their children are gone in Russia somewhere. They have no idea where they are and the children wouldn't know where to begin because they're too young to understand. <clears throat> uh, Putin signed a decree giving people living in parts of Russia controlled Ukraine a path to Russian citizenship. It seems he had done this before, right? Anyway, um, but those who decline or do not legalize uh, face potential deportation. The decree extends to the uh, four Ukrainian regions Russia has claimed as its own and partially controls. Uh, Donetsk, Luhansk, uh, Kherson, and uh, Zapor uh, Zaporizhia. 
Uh, remember, Zaporizhia is the city. Zaporizhia is the region. Um, those who do not take action to apply for citizenship by July 1st of next year will be regarded as foreign citizens who are at risk of being deported. The decree also allows the authorities to deport people from the four regions if they threaten Russia's national security or participate in unauthorized protests. Wow, he doesn't like unauthorized protests? Sounds like the Republican Party. And that's interesting. Um, <clears throat> so, uh, deport them if... Um, If they threaten national security? Well, why don't you deport the people that you have jailed over there? Like like uh, Alexei Navalny. Uh, and let's not forget uh, what you who you claim, uh, that reporter, and uh, also Paul Whelan. Yeah, why, why, why not deport them? Anyway. Uh, the Russian Ministry of Defense says it, it's uh, forced... Its forces launched long-range, high-precision strikes overnight on Ukrainian Army Reserve units and that all designated targets had been hit. Uh, Ministry spokesman Igor Konashenkov said at a briefing, the target of the strike was achieved. All designated facilities were struck. The advance of the enemy's reserves into combat zones was thwarted, uh, which I find that really hard to believe. There's all reserves all over the place. Uh, while Russia denies targeting civilians, Ukrainian emergency services said at least 16 people, including three children, were killed in the attacks. And we're, we're at around 600 children uh, murdered by Russia. Overnight, Russian missile attacks have killed at least 12 people in the first large-scale air raids in nearly two months uh, in, in Kyiv. Uh, Governor Ior Tabaret said... In the central city of Uman, or I guess it's Uman, at least 10 people were killed, including two children, and nine were taken to the hospital. In Dnipro, Governor Serhi Lysak said a missile struck a house, killing a two-year-old child and a 31-year-old woman thought to be a mother and daughter, uh, and wounded three others. President Volodymyr Zelensky says the death toll from the Russian, Russia's overnight attacks stands at 13 in Uman. On Twitter, Zelensky wrote, Uman, the rubble is being cleared. There are already 13 dead. Two of them are children and can't be identified. Uh, the fate of their parents is unknown. Uh, I'm sure they will be pulling more bodies from the rubble. Uh, and the, that count of only 13 is probably up already, I'm assuming. Um, he said the, uh, the rescuers will work until they make sure that no one else is left under the rubble. Ukraine says it shot down 21 of the 23 Russian missiles and two attack drones overnight in uh, Moscow's most recently deadly wave of attacks nationwide. The statement also referred to Russia as a terrorist state that had launched the weapons from TU-95 strategic uh, bombers. Now, the uh, Patriot missiles, they just got them. I don't know if they were up for this, for this defense, but it's, it'd be interesting to find out. I don't think they were. I don't think they've had time to set them up, but uh, I haven't heard, so I'm not sure. According to reports, Ukraine is ready for its counteroffensive. Uh, the U.S., uh, but, but, you know, the U.S. Department, uh, Defense Department, 
says that uh, Russian troops have increased their numbers in Ukraine since the beginning of the war, uh, maybe preparing for, for the counteroffensive. Uh, we don't know where the counteroffensive will be, but I've mentioned several times, especially in the last couple of weeks, where I believe it will be, and that is uh, Melitopol uh, and Zaporizhia, uh, Zaporizhia uh, because then they can cut off the land bridge to Crimea, and there's, there's an inlet just south of Melitopol that's really far in that would save them a lot of land that they don't need they wouldn't need to uh, seize to cut off uh, Crimea so that's probably the most ideal location <sighs> now that I have your attention let's move on try to fix the rest of the world uh, I don't know if you've seen this on the internet <clears throat> there's an old photo going around uh, on the net I think it's appeared in Facebook and on Twitter and several other places. It is a young modern woman in a short skirt and a low-cut blouse around 1970 at a birthday party for someone at work, from what I understand. I, I, I read it yesterday, and I just thought to throw this in uh, uh, today. Uh, the picture could be from anywhere in the U.S. She was dressed like others in that decade, but the caption tells you a lot more. She is not from the United States. It's a woman in Iran before the country was taken over by religious zealots who believe women are second-class citizens. If you see the picture, you'll see that any woman in Iran wearing such an outfit today would likely be jailed. She, she had uh, uh, no burqa. She had nothing covering her face. She had... Uh, 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 nothing covering her arms. She had nothing covering her cleavage. She had nothing covering her legs. This is a warning. This picture is a warning. Ten years after that picture was taken, the change was sudden in that country. This is a warning of what the right-wing religious sociopaths in the U.S. want. They want it how it was when men were in power and women had no rights. And they will do anything to stop women's rights. This isn't just about choice and taking away your rights there. It's about all your rights. They would love votes to go back to landowners, wouldn't they? Yesterday, not shockingly, because they have done it before, U.S. Senate Republicans again filibustered a resolution that would make the 100-year-old Equal Rights Amendment the 28th Amendment to the Constitution. Almost along party lines, the 51 to 47 vote to in invoke cloture, which would mean it could be voted on, was short of the 60 votes needed for the final consideration of the resolution. Senator Susan Collins of Maine and Lisa Murkowski of Alaska were the only uh, two Republicans to join all the Democrats present in supporting a vote on the ERA. Of course, Dianne Feinstein was not there. She remains absent from the chamber, recovering from shingles. Still. Anyway, you're looking at that and you're saying 51 to 47? If you're doing the math, you're saying which Democrat voted nay? Okay, it was Chuck Schumer. But... I think it was for procedural reasons that he did it. 
I'm unsure, but I believe it's for procedural reasons. The point is, to uh, uh, to, re, uh, to Republicans, women are second-class citizens. And all you have to do is look at that one picture of the woman in Iran at a birthday party around 1970 to know how dangerous the party is, uh, the Republican Party, is to our future. So uh, you can go to Twitter. I tweeted a link to the story about the picture, and you can look at that. And it is really a good warning as to what could happen. Remember, I told you I was visited by the FBI because I warned them, and I warned them that the, an insurrection was coming, that Donald Trump was planning an insurrection, and they laughed at me. They laughed at me. They visited me and laughed at me when I said it. They said it can't happen in the United States. <laughs> Anything can happen in the United States if you aren't vigilant and if you don't vote. If you don't show up and vote, it's your goddamn fault. What happens? And it should be more than voting. I'm an active voter. I go out and get things done. Moving on. To that noose tightening around that bright orange neck, uh, former Vice President Pence has testified as part of the criminal investigation into alleged efforts by Trump to overturn the 2020 election. Pence sat for more than seven hours for the uh, federal grand jury in, in Washington, D.C., the questioning by prosecutors took place behind closed doors, so we really don't know what went on. His appearance came just hours after an appeals court rejected a last-ditch uh, bid by Trump's legal team to stop Pence from testifying. The investigation has been gathering evidence about whether Trump and his allies broke federal law in their efforts to challenge the results of the 2020 election. It is also investigating the January 6th insurrection when Trump supporters uh, stormed the building in an effort to prevent the election results from being certified. Pence is considered a key witness in the investigation, and prosecutors will likely have uh, asked him about his interactions with Trump and his team in the days and weeks leading up to the riot. Pence said in an interview with CBS on Sunday, we'll obey the law. We'll tell the truth. I don't know who this we is. Uh, the story that I've been telling the American people all across the country, that'll be the story I tell in that setting. So we expect that that's what he did. Of course, this is Mike Pence. Of course, also, Trump will claim... Obviously, probably today, he will claim that Pence's testimony was an attack to undermine his election campaign since Pence himself is expected to run against him. I'm sure Trump will say something like that. Uh, moving on. I, and, and we're going to go back to this anyway. Uh, again, Feinstein needs to go. She really needs to go. I've had it. She's got to go. I want her effing out today. In a 50 to 49 vote, Joe Manchin joined all Senate Republicans to narrowly pass the Congressional Review Act resolution, which the White House has said President Joe Biden will veto if it is also approved by the GOP-controlled House of Representatives. I, that doesn't matter. I, you know what? I don't care if he's going to veto it. I, I mean, I know he's going to veto it, I, I, and I care that he vetoes it. But that doesn't matter as far as Feinstein is, is concerned. Feinstein either needs to step up or step down. Seriously. I thought I was done with dealing with that, that P. 
pig, piece of crap Joe Manchin. Remember? Remember last last year when, when we got more of the Senate? I said, oh, thank God I won't have to deal with Manchin. But no, because of Diane fucking uh, Feinstein, a blue dog herself, Manchin is still in the news. Manchin, in a statement Wednesday, said he would support a resolution that seeks to nix the regulation that limits pollution from trucks. He said, I am proud to support this resolution to stop this government overreach. The Biden administration wants to burden the trucking industry with oppressive regulations that will increase prices by thousands of dollars and push truck drivers and small trucking companies out of business. When our country faces record high inflation and vulnerable supply chains, we cannot let the EPA continue to seize unrestrained power and create regulations that devastate our economy. Why is he even a Democrat? Why? Will someone please buy that piece of crap a Rivian truck so he'll shut up? Great electric truck, by the way. I'd love to have a Rivian. If, if any of you want to buy me one, uh, yeah, Rivian's nice. I, you know, probably I'd, I'd prefer like another type of electric car, but uh, I, I'd, I'd settle for a Rivian. <laughs> uh, on the Republican budget, Representative Elon Omar said it out loud. Uh, well, in a tweet, so she technically didn't say it out loud, but you, you get what I mean. Uh, she described what McCarthy and the GOP want to do. And of course, we all know it. It's like a continuous sitcom gag, except it's not funny. She tweeted, GOP cuts $120 billion from Medicaid and food assistance, $71 billion from tax cheat enforcement, $271 billion from clean energy. The cost of the Bush and the Trump tax cuts, $10 trillion. They don't care about the deficit. They care about transferring wealth from the working class to their billionaire friends. I, okay, and if you look at the debt ceiling from 1980, you can you can just Google it. Uh, debt ceiling, 1980 to present, chart. Uh, look for a chart. If you look at it from 1980 to now, you'll see the biggest raises in one term was under Trump, including those tax cuts for the rich. It actually was steady between Bush 41 and Clinton. Uh, Bush 41, after because Reagan was the first one to really uh, set the debt limit on fire. Uh, uh, Bush, uh, Bush and Clinton, well, and that's why Bush didn't get reelected, because Republicans didn't want him, because uh, he didn't spend any money. <laughs> um, I, it was actually steady between Bush and Clinton, and, and Clinton was was he he was crazy about cutting funding. He, he's a Republican also, uh, and then it went up again uh, uh, quite a bit under Bush forty three in the two thousands, and then but Trump, nothing beats Trump and the deficit that went up. Moving on. Uh, to uh, let's go local to Minnesota. Go Minnesota! In a late night, thirty-four to thirty-three vote, the Minnesota Senate on Wednesday approved the Democracy for the People Act, an omnibus democracy bill that will ban companies with at least five percent ownership stake by multiple foreign owners or one percent stake by a single foreign owner 
from making political contributions in Minnesota state and municipal elections. The legislation also prohibits such companies from making dark money donations to super PACs. Wouldn't it be nice if we could pass something like that federally, right? The measure, uh, which was approved 70 to 57 along party lines by the State House of Representatives earlier this month, Gee, I wonder which party voted which side. Which do you think? (laughs) Uh, It now heads to the uh, desk of Governor Tim Waltz, a Democrat who has promised to sign it into law. uh, To, as he says, to put up a firewall to keep Minnesota's elections safe, free, and fair. I have no doubt whatsoever that Republican groups will challenge this law. According to the Center for American Progress, uh, this legislation will close a dangerous loophole opened by the U.S. Supreme Court's decision in uh, Citizens United versus Federal Election Commission and reduce foreign influence in Minnesota's elections. It contains additional important measures to strengthen the freedom to vote and modernize the state's campaign finance system, including establishing automatic voter registration, enabling voters to opt in to automatically receive a mail-in ballot for each election, pre-registration of 16 and 17-year-olds to vote upon turning 18, uh, prohibiting intimidation and interference with voting process, and increasing disclosure of secret political spending. There has been some momentum towards enacting similar, similar legislation at the national level by Democrats in recent years, including Senator Elizabeth Warren, uh, Anti-Corruption and uh, Public Integrity Act, and Representative uh, Jamie Raskin, uh, Get Foreign Money Out of U.S. Elections Act. Of course, Republicans are in power in the House. It will not happen. Yeah, of course. In Nebraska, apparently, apparently, it's a conflict of interest to have a trans child. Nebraska State Senator Megan Hunt on Wednesday said she had received word that the state's Accountability and Disclosure Commission was opening a formal investigation into an alleged conflict of interest stemming from the fact that she has a transgender child and has fought against anti-LGBTQ plus legislation, a probe she had said amounted to harassment. I mean, seriously, if you have a child and vote for safe schools, do you have a conflict of interest? If you have a dog and vote for a dog park. Do you have a conflict of interest? <laughs> this, is, this is really stupid. Right-wing Omaha lawyer, David Begley, and I'm sorry, Ed Begley, he's using your name. You're, you are, Ed Begley, you are wonderful. David Begley, not so much. Uh, 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 right-wing lawyer, David Begley, said in his complaint that Hunt was obligated to officially disclose that she has a transgender child before she voted against advancing legislative uh, Bill 574, the so-called Let Them Grow Act, which would bar medical professionals from providing gender-affirming health care, including puberty blockers, hormonal therapies, and surgeries to people under the age of 19. Hunt noted that Begley, is well known to many of her colleagues in the legislature. Uh, the Omaha attorney attends sitting, uh, city meetings on a regular basis to spread conspiracy theories about the negative effects of solar power and how COVID was caused by 5G. Oh, man. 
Ah, COVID was caused by 5G. Uh, according to one critic, and, and, uh, and he also made uh, racist remarks about black Americans to uh, U.S. Transportation Sec- uh, Secretary Pete Buttigieg, then a presidential candidate at a public 4th of July event in 2019. Hunt said of the complaint, this, colleagues, is not serious. This is harassment. Both Republican and Democratic lawmakers spoke out against the investigation that was opened in response to Begley's complaint. The commission opened the probe on the same day that the GOP majority in Montana House voted to bar State Representative Zoe Zephyr from entering the House floor for the remainder of the legislative session. Uh, Anyway, Hunt has been joined by State Senator Michaela Kavanaugh in filibustering against the Let Them Grow Act. So they're holding it off, I suppose. Uh, that being said about Nebraska, well, technically that wasn't the state house; that was somebody that was a private citizen. But that being said about uh, Nebraska, measures that would have severely restricted abortion failed yesterday in Nebraska and South Carolina. Go Nebraska, go South Carolina. And honestly, I didn't expect this in South Carolina. Uh, which both of these houses have GOP-controlled legislatures, a reflection of, and this is growing unease among Republicans over the political popularity of really strict abortion bans. And I've been saying this, you know, are they finally realizing every election is going to be about choice from now on? In Nebraska, A heartbeat act would have banned most abortions after six weeks, except in cases of rape or incest or to preserve the life of the mother once a fetal heartbeat was detected, but it stalled in the legislature. A cloture vote to overcome a filibuster of the bill failed by a vote of 32 to 15, with two senators abstaining, including Republican State Senator Merv Ripe. Uh, leaving the measure one vote shy of the two-thirds majority needed for full consideration. The South Carolina State Senate failed. Kudos to Republican State Senator Merv Reepy. Send him a tweet. Tell him, uh, R-I-E-P-E. Tell him you appreciate him. Um, The South Carolina State Senate failed to pass the Human Life Protection Act which would have banned abortions in the state in a 22 to 21 vote with five women voting against it, including three Republicans. They're beginning to realize. They should have listened to me five years ago when I was saying this. (laughs) Or actually longer than that, uh, eight years ago. Yeah. Uh, At the beginning of the war in Ukraine, a couple months in, I guess, uh, financial markets were taking advantage wherever they could. And, and this has to do with Russia, Russia exports, and they knew they were going to end, and they needed to invest wisely on who would be making money. Uh, we talked about it way back at, at the beginning. As much as I hated it, I suggested investing in LNG, liquid, uh, liquid, liquefied natural gas. I believe, I I, I said something like this, this will be a boon for the American gas suppliers and you should invest. 
Russia's invasion of Ukraine to uh, lock Europe and the U.S. into building new liquefied uh, natural gas infrastructure that will help them stay hooked on fossil fuels. Anusha Narayanan, uh, climate campaign uh, director with Greenpeace USA, said, Our investigation exposes the truth behind the corporate and political push for more fossil gas imports from the U.S. to European countries. The bottom line is that fossil gas only profits the industry. It is dirty, toxic, not needed, and not wanted. Uh, you know, I had hoped it would be used... Uh, I, I mean, this this uh, shortage of gas would be used uh, so the EU could build up their renewable energy infrastructure. But instead, it was to profit and keep them hooked, uh, according to the report titled Who Profits From War? How Gas Corporations Capitalize From War in Ukraine. Instead, the EU's REP, R, excuse me, RE Power EU plan invested billion in gas infrastructure. The bloc has already started building eight liquefied gas uh, terminals and has proposed 38 more. In the U.S., new gas infrastructure approval so far would double export capacity to 439 billion cubic meters per year. Uh, Many of the uh, gas uh, contracts last uh, 10 to 15 years and most of the projects won't even begin working until 2026. Instead of zeroing in on critical renewable infrastructure, as I hoped, they are continuing to destroy the planet. According to Greenpeace's estimate, the new European infrastructure uh, would emit 950 million tons of CO2 per year, while Uh, U.S. export terminals, including those in operation, under construction, and approved for construction, would admit almost double that. Senior research fellow at the Oxford Sustainable, uh, Sustainable Law Program, Ben Franta, said... The gas industry is using today's news, the war, and the energy crisis to try to lock in more gas for decades, even though the industry knows it'll be disastrous for the climate and international stability. This new infrastructure is not needed. Uh, Greenpeace said the U.S. already has enough in place to increase short-term exports to Europe. Plus, much of this comes from fracking. Most of the new U.S. export infrastructure is being funded by EU banks, despite the fact that many of those banks have a ban on financing fracking, and many EU countries have also banned the practice within their borders because of health and environmental concerns. They banned it there. They can't fund it there, so they're funding it here because we allow it. Right? Of course. This might remind you of something, right? Does this not remind you of the Keystone, X- Keystone XL pipeline? Remember, the pipeline was stopped in Canada because Canada didn't, they were originally going to take it to the Atlantic Ocean. Canada didn't want the environmental damage. Instead, they sent the pipeline down through the, U, uh, through the uh, U.S. because they knew that U.S. lawmakers don't care as long as they get paid. 
Greenpeace is calling on policymakers in, the, in both the U.S. and EU to move away from expanding LNG infrastructure before it's too late. Among other things, the advocacy group recommended that the EU stop using fossil uh, fuel uh, gas by 2035 and phase out LNG even earlier. Cancel all plans to build new terminals and expand current ones and both uh, stop long-term, long-term export contracts and prevent existing ones from being extended. In the U.S., the Biden administration should stop approving new projects that would worsen the climate crisis, stop approving LNG exports, and put its political weight behind ending international funding for LNG and other fossil fuels at the upcoming G7, G20, and COP28 conferences. I I will say, I will say, when we start hitting 150-degree temperatures in India, 150 degrees, and maybe uh, here in California, in the desert. Maybe someone will start listening, you think? You know what, for a Friday, I thought I'd throw in something fun. Okay? Just for you guys. It's about sperm. Uh, In the Netherlands, a court banned a guy from masturbating. Well, not exactly that. He can still masturbate. He just can't do it in a cup. (laughs) The sperm donor provided sperm to several Dutch fertility clinics and to a clinic in Denmark, as well as to many people, many other people he connected with through advertisements and uh, online forums and social media. Now it seems he has fathered about 550 children in the Netherlands and other countries and misled prospective parents about the number of offspring he helped to conceive. Imagine going through your life and the first question you have have on a date is, are you my sister or are you my brother? (laughs) The court noted that under Dutch guidelines, sperm donors are allowed to produce a maximum of 25 children with 12 mothers and that the uh, donor lied to prospective parents among his donation history. The court ordered him to immediately Uh, halt all donations and said he must pay 100,000 euros, which is about uh, $110,000 per case if he breaches the ban. Personally, I think you should just force him to uh, support uh, all the children and and make a list of all the children, obviously. I assume there's a list out there somewhere. Uh, Anyway, don't forget, it is Friday. Don't forget, have a great weekend, first of all. Have a fantastic weekend. Uh, But don't forget, look for that Friday flaming bag of crap left on your doorstep. That's when, you know, politicians uh, throw something out there in the Friday afternoon, Friday evening, Saturday news in the hopes that it will disappear in the 24-hour news cycle. Uh, But yeah, that's it. Thanks for listening. Friday, April 28th, 2023. Friday, April 28th, 2023. Man, do I appreciate you so much. Uh, Bring someone with you uh, uh, today or this weekend. That would be awesome. PVTV, Political Views TV Podcast. That's what you Google to find me. I'll show up right at the top of the search. Tweet to me questions, insights, or come fight with me at Cyberclops, C-Y-B-E-R-C-L-O-P-S. Maybe you want to send me a news story. Maybe you want to say hi, whatever. Maybe you want to sick your sick friends at, uh, at me so I can argue with them. I love arguing, but whatever. Remember, 
always remember, government profit is measured by the betterment of the people. Don't you ever forget that. I'm Peter Lawrence, reporting from Los Angeles.